Well, good morning. It's really good to be back. I think maybe the snow is gone. I'm, I'm hoping it is. Uh, I can't complain because I didn't suffer through much of it, but uh, oh, I didn't. Well, I had to fly home for one thing. We flew home March 14th to 17th, and we hit that tornado or whatever the heck it was. It was horrible. Our flight was delayed, was sent to Sioux Falls. He said, I can't land, sent us to Omaha. We rented a car, drove from Omaha, hit terrible snow, stayed the night in Sioux Falls, eventually made it. So really, I know what everybody was going through, but fortunately, I didn't have to go through it the last two months. So oh, you've had I, two months in Florida. Oh, what a lucky duck. I <laughs> know. I'm just counting my blessings, and I'm so happy to be here today and welcoming all of you to the Prairie Doc radio program. No snow out there. Sit down, relax, and enjoy this time. Rick Holm is here with me and he's ready to answer any questions you might have of a medical nature. Dr. Holmes' specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. Yeah. Good to have you here with us, Rick. It's nice and to also be here. today we have our, our guest, Dr. Mark Meyer. Mayer. Oh, Mark, ah. I'm going to... There's something about your name. <laughs> it is the easiest name in the world and I have murdered it five different ways. It's Mark Mayer. He's an orthopedic surgeon who was with the Brookings Health System. Welcome, Dr. Mayer. Thank you. It's very nice to be here today. Yes. You can call me Jean Jane June because basically <laughs> I can't get your name right, but uh, we're happy to have you here. And Dr. Holm, you know why he's here, don't you? Yes. Well, you know, there is new things happening at the Brookings Health System and the Brookings Hospital. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have two orthopedic doctors who practice here in Brookings uh, and are are part of our community and it's a great joy for that to have occurred and Mark is is uh, our our second newest because we have uh, another doctor Dr. Homo yeah. who was uh, here uh, as a guest maybe a couple months ago so we're happy to have Mark uh, here you were on my you were a guest on my television show uh, like six months ago. Yep. And uh, but what's happening? You're, we're going to have a uh, a special seminar coming up. Tell yeah. us about that, Mark. Yes. Uh, so we have a, a seminar coming up next Tuesday on the twenty third, and it's going to be discussing um, robotic knee and hip replacement surgery. Um, it's a uh, newer technology, but it's absolutely fantastic. It's it's uh, it's already really the gold standard uh, in the field, uh, and within the next ten years, I think everybody will be putting in uh, knee and hip replacements with this technology because it's so uh, superior to to, to the uh, traditional approaches. And and um, and so the seminar is at what time? Uh, it will be at um, six, six o'clock, six p.m. And there will be a uh, lecture on it and then there will be demonstration using the robot uh, there's nothing better than seeing it in action and and then you can you know uh, a picture's worth a thousand words kind of thing and uh, people could even probably use it themselves and and you know practice with the robot uh, it's we're not going to have a real patient getting a new <laughs> no it won't be a real patient but we'll have uh, various <laughs> yeah. sawbone models there uh -huh. and then have a question and answer period so that people can uh, ask any questions and because uh, a lot of it's just helping patients to understand what the technology is and how it works and and i think anybody who sees it will then want to have it done robotically 
That makes sense. The only problem with this conference is that the seating is limited. So if this, it sounds like a wonderful meeting, if this is of interest to you, and many of us are at an age where hips and knees are being replaced. I have a you have right a hip and a left knee, so I'm, <laughs> I've got so the other two to go yet. <laughs> um, if you're interested in this, please call or look online. But if you call the hospital and say you want to register for this meeting, it's next Tuesday, April 23rd. You can call the hospital at 696-8028. If you're not in the area, remember to put in 605 is the area code, but it's 696-8028, or go on the brookingshealth.org website, and it can be called the joint event. I like that. The joint event. Joint event. It's a joint event. You know, (laughs) I had both of mine done, obviously, without a um, robot. robot. So what do you think are the advantages to the robot over the surgery that I had? So when it comes to, for example, uh, total knee replacements, that's the most common type of joint replacement. it works most of the time, but people would be surprised how often it doesn't work. Um, if uh, you, what, what do you mean it works? The surgery? Uh, the surgery is successful. So the knee replacement before the robotics came out, many people would have successful outcomes with a knee yes. replacement surgery. But when you look at the national numbers, which includes the large hospitals, uh, it doesn't include the smaller rural communities, uh, 19% of patients who have a total knee replacement have significant lifetime pain from that replacement that's not resolved with the surgery. They're unhappy that they had it uh, done. And so there's different reasons to have a poor outcome. Uh, One could be you get an infection, uh, you could have um, basically bad bone carpentry by the surgeon, Um, you could have a patient who didn't do their therapy, and then at the end of the day it's it's metal and plastic, so that's another reason it's not what God gave people, It's, it's artificial. But the greatest cause of a poor outcome is actually surgeon error. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy to do an operation, especially when you're uh, doing an eyeball technique and looking at certain things. But you don't drive in a car that's made by a human by just kind of looking at it. Those are made by robots to bend it the right way every single time. The same thing when you're flying on a plane. So when it comes to doing an operation, we're able to achieve with the uh, robot a greater level of accuracy and precision uh, than what you could without those techniques. Uh, So it's very accurate, it's very precise, it's very individualized. So I'll come into the surgery with a kind of an ideal preoperative plan and then I can make adjustments to that plan intraoperatively based on how that specific patient's knee is functioning, not just what the bones look like, but how much looseness or tightness there is in the knee or what the range of motion is in the knee, and then I can make adjustments to the plan before I've even cut the bone. So for example, the other day when I did an operation on a gal, uh, I made about seven adjustments to the preoperative plan based on the kinematic and kinetic data that I was getting during the surgery, the force data, um, and then I could see that if I then made the cuts in that position, the knee would be perfect, and it was at the end of the case. But you would never have been able to achieve that prior to this robot. Uh, technology. It so, sounds fantastic. So advantages. I mean, that's really, really. yeah. So better outcomes. Um, so I so was re- reduced that nineteen percent down. You know, in my practice, it's about five percent. So you're talking about a dramatic reduction. Okay. Fantastic. Um, 
You know, we are due to take our first break. We, our guest today is Dr. Mark Mayer, who is an orthopedic surgeon in the Brookings Health System. If you have any questions about orthopedic surgery, anything that you'd like to know about it, please give us a call, 692-1430, and we'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you here today. I'm Joan Hogan. Glad to be back in Brookings. And here with me is Dr. Rick Holm. Uh, we also have a, as our guest today, Dr. Mark Mayer, who is an orthopedic surgeon with the Brookings Health System. We're talking about joint and knee replacement and more importantly, this new robot that is available for joint and knee replacement and something Dr. Mayer has worked with extensively and he's been here in Brookings about a year but of course you practiced surgery long before you came to Brookings I would guess. Yes that's correct I've been practicing for about seven years. Okay well it's good to have you here. Where where are you from originally Mark? I'm from rural Michigan Uh, that's where I grew up and then I did my training in Michigan and uh, made the move out here to South Dakota a year ago specifically in relationship to the robotics Uh, in Michigan uh, being in a smaller community um, they didn't really want to invest the money that it is required to buy a, a piece of equipment like this. So I was traveling five hours back and forth to do my operations in the Detroit area. But after doing that for an extended period of time, uh, I, I uh, gave up and decided to go out of state. And thankfully, Brookings was willing to invest in the robotic technology. So now I drive five minutes instead of five hours. That's a nice thing, you know. <laughs> it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> My whole life was uh, one mile away on 11th Avenue, uh, that, that first, uh, 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 what, six, seven years, and then uh, uh, to uh, uh, 5th Street and, uh, and 8th Avenue. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's, I'm right here. And uh, I can remember uh, being called the emergency room before we had ER doctors uh, in the middle of the night, and it was a full cardiac arrest. And so I'm going 40 miles an hour on empty streets, uh, and a police officer pulled me over. I said, doctor, and they were, oh, doctor, I'll lead the way. (laughs) I mean, I've had that experience uh, numerous times in Brookings where... Uh, you know, being here, you're you're there within three minutes. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It really. You is. know, it's nice. Uh, and uh, the police officers, uh, if you call, if you call it nine one one, in this community, and I did it when my mom was visiting uh, uh, years ago and had a heart was having a heart attack. I we called nine one one. The police officers were there in like one minute. The ambulance was there in like four minutes. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. You're probably safer in the, living in this town than any any place in the country because we have you know such really good emergency mm-hmm. uh, care mm-hmm. and it's nice to be close. Yes, isn't it? Uh, well, and if you to needed if you need to go to Sioux Falls, I bet we can get you to Sioux Falls and into an operating room in Sioux Falls the same speed that it would be to get you from one of those rooms in one of the hospitals down to that particular i mean it's we are really <laughs> very close mm-hmm. to it the very best well. that you can get so mm-hmm. i mean that's it's nice to be here in this community plus all the perks of living in 
a college community with all of the advantages and course i'm mr public relations for brookings <laughs> but i believe it it's easy to be public relations for brookings if you've lived here a while because as soon as you visit anywhere else you realize how fortunate you are to be here and i think you'll find that true as well for you i know the first year we lived here my husband went nuts because he couldn't see a hill and we would drive over to lake benton just to see a hill yeah. <laughs> but he, he got over that he, he realized the beauty of the plains too which he didn't appreciate when we first moved here it's just funny the things that throw you when you first move here then you're here a while and you go back to whatever home may have been and you think "Ooh, am i lucky to be here in brookings you know um, just a great place to so live much going say on. we're back and uh, we're talking nostalgia and it'd be nicer to talk about orthopedics since we have a well, specialist here i want to throw in um the humanities mm -hmm. because tomorrow night show is on the humanities now what are the humanities i mean there's two probably if you look at academia there is science and math and then there's the humanities humanities are anything from geography and foreign language and art and theater and music uh and literature and english um the humanities uh, are that human personality side of things. Science and math is where to cut the bone, mm -hmm. how to put that uh, robotic uh, uh, line into the and scope in to vi visualize, so on and so forth. So the bedside manner is really the humanity side yeah. of the doctor. Uh, I would say, of course, you want a surgeon to have the technology. Mm -hmm. But it's nice to have a surgeon that also has that bedside manner. What, what's your comment about that, Mark? Yeah, well, my predominant goal <clears throat> in taking care of patients is to do it, frankly, to the glory of God. So I'm very um, caring about my patients. I spend a lot of time with my patients. I have patients from Michigan who still call me and text me all the time wishing that I would come back. <laughs> and so I see my patient at every visit. Um, I only do an operation when it's indicated when it's medically necessary. I always try non-operative non conservative management first because you should do that from a standpoint of good care. Ethics. Ethics. Uh, from the standpoint of insurance, that's what you're supposed to do. From the standpoint of board certification, and you don't want to expose a patient to a potential complication um, unless it's necessary. It's, it's when they've failed non-operative treatment that then the benefits outweigh the risks. You know, I have plenty of patients, uh, even in Michigan, I was there for six years, where I would give them a knee injection for severe arthritis, and it would work for, you know, six months to a year, and they'd come in and get another injection, and I had patients I injected all six years uh, that I was there. Um, when it stops working, then it's time to talk knee replacement. So I probably have about a seven to one ratio of the number of people that I've seen here in Brookings that have severe arthritis to the number that I've replaced so far. I'll do it when it's necessary. And I think that's important so that you don't feel like you're just another number. You know, you're the eighth patient on the table that day. We'll do it when it's indicated. And I spend a lot of time with the patients preoperatively, uh, postoperatively. Um, I see the patient every time. If you're not doing your therapy, I'll have you do your therapy right there in my office. Um, so I'm very hands-on because I want the patient to turn out well uh, first and foremost for God's glory and then also for their benefit. There you have it. Um, I, my sense is that um, it, the, the outcomes mm -hmm. uh, improve 
clearly when there is a compassionate, caring physician. Yes. Uh, and I, 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 my experience has been that as an internist, where I don't have a procedure really that, that goes in, I mean, we don't end up doing the procedure and then go to the locker room and say the game, we won the game or we didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, mine was the long haul. And, uh, it, you know, there, there is a huge value in that compar- caring uh, component. I'm afraid that we haven't always sought out uh, pre-med students to admit to, to med schools uh, with that in mind in the past. But I think we're getting there. Uh, more, more and more we're realizing the importance of that component. Time for us to take a break. Following these words from Mavira Medical Group Brookings, we will return to this conversation. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joining Dr. Holman and me today is Dr. Mark Mayer. Dr. Mayer is an orthopedic surgeon with the unusual mindset of a primary care physician. You right? know, uh, we like to have those those uh, that, those primary care components in an orthopedic surgeon, and uh, maybe that's that's one more example of of, of why uh, Brookings is a really great place to be. You know, I'm curious to know, too, you were talking about taking uh, care of your patients and not necessarily having, even though you're a surgeon, surgery is not your first protocol to go to. I know when I had my surgery, it's been at least 10 years for the first one, I had mixed uh, messages from the surgeon on the importance of physical therapy. And then I had a different surgeon the second time for the knee and he really emphasized it's good to have physical ther- therapy before and after. What are your thoughts on that? If you know you're going to operate on a knee or a hip. Wonderful question, Joan. I mean, there it is. Let, let, let's hear what you have to say, Mark. Well, I have uh, a background in physical therapy. I was a physical therapist before I became a medical oh, is doctor. That? Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I've seen both sides of it. And physical therapy is very important for certain patients and other patients that may not be necessary. So I don't look at a patient and say every patient has to have it um, because, for one, some don't. And um, there's a financial aspect of things. There's an inconvenience factor for patients. Uh, So I only use it when it's necessary. And one of the uh, interesting things about doing the robotic surgery that I've seen is because it is so much more precise and accurate, the knee is so well balanced at the end of the case that a quarter of my patients don't even do any physical therapy after surgery. Once they get out of the hospital, I give them some exercises to do at home for the first couple weeks and then at the two-week visit. As long as they're coming along like they should, um, I just have them continue to do home exercises. Now, in some cases, obviously, we still do therapy, uh, the majority of cases, but it's less um, in duration. So before robotics, I would send patients pretty typical for six weeks of physical therapy. Now it probably averages about two or three weeks. Um, One of Dr. Holmes' uh, friends actually did an operation on back maybe in uh, October, November-ish, and he did about two weeks of therapy after his first knee. He was hoping to get that one done and then get down to Florida and do his other one next year. We'd tried non-operative treatment, it had failed. He was very pleased with his first knee, and but his other knee was still hurting, so he said, I'm just going to you know, get this one done, and then we'll go to Florida afterwards. So he'd done two weeks after the first surgery. We did the second surgery. He knew what he was doing at that point, wasn't reluctant, did no formal therapy. And uh, he, he's, he's approximately 80 years old, so after his second operation, 
Five weeks later, I released him to go down to Florida. So he's down there fishing, sent me a nice uh, note indicating wow. how great he's doing. So two weeks combined from two replacements, that's quite significant compared to the amount of therapy patients usually undergo. So that's, that's pretty amazing, Joan, aren't it you? It truly is. I, I am really impressed. Yeah. really am. Well, we like people to recover well. And, you know, I've often thought about um, the, uh, the dilemma uh, as an internist. Uh, some people had often called me the anti-surgeon. I'm trying to keep them away from the surgeon. We're trying not to do the surgery. We're, we're encouraging, you know, and then when it comes to the point where it, it's bad enough and there's a problem and that, that can be fixed by surgery, um, then we do it. Well, uh, in this world where we see people becoming disabled by the pain in their joints so that they aren't exercising, that their mus muscles start atrophying, mm -hmm. that their ligaments get weaker and thinner, and that their recovery time mm -hmm. uh, is going to be uh, poorer, uh, maybe it's time to think about replacement surgeries earlier. And that's what's happened in my, the evolution of the quality of the care, the percentages of the good results. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be that 95% of the hips would do well, 5% wouldn't. Mm -hmm. 80% of the knees would do well, but 20% wouldn't. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, 20% is a lot. It's very significant. Uh, but if those numbers are 5% now, that's, that's a great, uh, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. For those of you who have been listening to the whole program or just checked in, we're talking about orthopedic surgery. But more importantly, we're also letting you know about a seminar that is going to occur next Tuesday. Uh, April 23rd at 6 o'clock in the evening at the Brookings Hospital Conference Room. Both Dr. Mayer and his fellow uh, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Michael Homo, will be there to discuss hip and knee replacement options using mainly that Mako, is it Mako or Mako? Mako, Mako robotic arm. This would be a fantastic seminar to attend if you have any interest in replacement surgery, but the important thing to know is the seating will be limited. They can only allow so many people. You can be on the list to attend this next Tuesday if you just give a call to the Brookings Hospital. It's 696-8028 or check with them online at brookingshealth.org, the joint event. Now so this we, yes, go ahead. We hope that they do if they, want, if they want to do this, please don't wait to the last minute. Call right. now and make sure you get registered for this meeting. Yeah. Mark, uh, I, we know that there's also robotic surgery doing for pelvic surgery, for abdominal surgery, uh, and uh, this is a totally different system, correct? Yeah. Yes. Not related at all, different company, mm -hmm. everything. So uh, if this particular... Uh, um, robot is really just for orthopedic. Why is it so limited? <laughs> I don't know much about orthopedics or, or robots, but I would think if a robot can do it, it can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the technology they're advancing for other applications to it started out with a company in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and they initially um, designed it for partial knee replacements. Uh, then they adapted it for total hip replacements. Then Stryker bought the company out. And just to give you an idea of how fantastic this technology is, um, this company was a small company, wasn't really well known, so it wasn't making a, a big uh, profit. It actually had lost about $25 million in 2012. 
uh, Stryker bought the company the following year in 2013 for $1.65 billion, uh, a <laughs> pretty big increase. And then Stryker developed the application for the total knee, and that's really been the game changer because total knees are much more common than partial knees. And because the main area was total knees to begin with because of the unsuccess rates of, you know, 19, 20%, because as Dr. Holm mentioned, total hips in general are more successful. Um, so now that total knees have come on the market, which is in uh, February of 2017, now every other company is scrambling, trying to get their, view, their version of a robot. Uh, but in my opinion, the technology is the difference between Little League and Major League Baseball when it comes to the other companies trying to compete with this robot. Catching up. So, but I think robots, uh, the, a, a, bad, a misnomer in my mind, mm -hmm. because what it is is your hands are on the uh, the equipment mm -hmm. and the movements that your hands do are reflected on the movement that occurs in that hip or that knee. Yeah, probably the, the most significant aspect of the robotics is um, the haptic guidance. So once I've designed where I want to make these cuts, uh, the saw will only go within that defined um, plane of motion. And if there's any movement of the knee, it will detect all this. And if you go outside of a half a millimeter, the robotic arm, will, the, the actual saw or burr on it will actually shut down so that you don't go beyond what you've um, programmed into the, the, the uh, treatment plan. So, so it's a programmable uh, uh, deal. You've set it up, designed it by your x-rays, and, uh, and, and then uh, and you guide it. Yeah. But, but it, you know, it's guided. Yeah, I'm still holding it throughout it. It's not going to run without me running it, but right. it's not going to let me go beyond what I have programmed Mess it. Mess up. And so I can put boundaries around the bone. So if you were to try to push beyond the bone, it'll actually stop you from, from hitting the ligaments and other structures. Right. Wow. Just fascinating. It prevents you from making a mistake, basically. Cor correct. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. It, yeah. it, but it's the design sure that, that it's that first design that matters too. I mean right. you made the design and you adjust it according to that patient. Yes. And I adjust it intraoperatively. It's the only personalized surgery like that. All these other personalized plans are, are based on the X rays before the surgery. I I make changes during the surgery all the way up to the very end. But most of them I make before I even touch the bone. Fascinating, just fascinating. Well, again, if you'd like to uh, see this robotic surgery or, or know more about it, just give a call. The, meet, the uh, conference will be Tuesday, April 23rd at 6 in the evening. Call the hospital, 696-8028, to get your name on that list. I want to say a word about tomorrow night's I show. I just wanted to mention tomorrow night's show because my question is, what his show tomorrow night is on humanities and the physician. But before he says humanities and the physician, he says Chekhov. What does a Russian playwright have to do about your discussion of humanities and the physician? Well, I mean, humanities is the study of literature. And uh, our oldest son, Eric, had written a play from a short story by Chekhov. Uh, and so he and I do a little blurb in there so that the roll in is Eric and me acting. We did this when we were in Memphis last week. So we have a little blurb of a Chekhov, a Chekhov play, play that <laughs> Eric wrote. It oh, wasn't it. Chekhov's play. It was a short story by Chekhov that Eric wrote. The second thing is we have Nels Granholm, a biologist and ethicist, 
and Jerry Freeman, a neurologist from Sioux Falls, who is an ethicist and a teacher at the college, at the School of Medicine, uh, as guests. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be really interesting tomorrow night. Don't miss it. Okay, Humanities and the Physician, tomorrow night on South Dakota Public Television at 7 o'clock. We so appreciate having Dr. Mayer with us today. We hope all of you have enjoyed this program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thank you, Dr. Mayer, and thank you, Rick. Thank you, Joan. Thank you. Thank you, Mark and Bob, and stay healthy out there, people. <laughs>